You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hi, Mickey. Uh, hey, Bob. What's with the shades, man? Well, I had an eye operation, uh, you know, and so I looked like like that guy in La Jetée. When he saw the man from the future, he knew that you could not escape time. You know, it's funny. So I'm the man exactly, from the future. That's exactly the feeling I had when I first saw you. I said, you know, I don't know why I'm having this thought, but it just seems like I can't escape time. So very effective, <laughs> very effective sunglasses. Uh, uh, so now um, I have two layers of glasses. Oh, yeah, those are new, too. Are those reading yeah, glasses? No, there's been what? a lot of changes. There's been a lot of changes around my eyes. Wow. Are there any more changes so, you want to tell us about, Nikki? In your life? No, it looks like you're in a hospital, though. Uh, it's actually a fancy ho- hotel. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I may be in a hospital before long if I don't start getting some sleep. I'm, like, seriously sleep-deprived. So if we have arguments this week, you will win. Um, we I, I don't know. Oh, I think you'll... You'll be grouchy and you'll win. You'll be like Nikki Haley. Is that her tactic? Oh, she got in a big spat with uh, Tim Scott and they were both grouchy. And uh, it was, Bob, it was all about, you know what it was about? Um, Tell me. It was all about curtains, Bob. Oh, and you're showing us your curtains. the most important thing in America is whether Nikki Haley got fancy curtains when she became ambassador to the UN. I would vote on the that issue. She said very loyally, the curtains were there before I showed up. Doesn't mean she didn't order them. Likely story. Doesn't mean she didn't order them, but she showed up after they were installed. Anyway, the press... I, I'm interrupting. You You had it You had it open for me before I started. Well, it's my week open. I don't have much. Um... The uh, so I'm at this conference, uh, wall to wall. And if you don't believe me, ask your friend Megan Dom, who is here, how wall to wall this is. No breathing room, and that, folks, is why. Ask, ask my friend Megan Dom, yeah, she's here. All the really? elites are here. All the elites are here. All the elites, the important people, all got invited. Why aren't I invited? invited? What, con- invited? What, conference oh, is, what conference is this? I can't, it's so it's so. Elite and powerful that it's secret. It's, I can't tell it's you the, what the conference is. It's the Barry Weiss conference on artificial intelligence. No, no, it makes that look like you know nothing. This is this is there is serious. This is serious, Mickey. This is serious. This is that's you, all I can you, say. Is it's you've really realized you can't deeply. escape time, but come on, Bob, don't be a jerk. This is serious. <laughs> I can't speak about it. It's like these these are the elites uh, who control the world, and I'm one of them. We're the ones who are conspiring uh, to not care about the concerns of middle Americans. Okay, um, well, I've heard about you. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so wait. So as a result, and it's my fault, there will be no parent room this week. However, uh, you know, we, we uh, since as regular viewers and listeners know, we're winding down uh, the Bob Mickey conversations. Although I will still have a podcast with somebody on Fridays, but uh, the Bob Mickey conversations are winding down. Although you will, of course, periodically uh, appear probably in the future. Um, and uh, so we had said we would; these would end at the end of September. But actually, because I can't do the parrot room today, we're gonna they're gonna um, extend into the first week of October. Uh, parrot room patrons, as I explained, uh, uh, don't have to worry about paying for October. We're pausing 
payment. So just stay where you are. You'll get to see the final payroll next week when I'm at home and comfortable. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Back to uh, here's the opening. Here's my opening question. Two questions. So I visited my brother here where this super secret conference is. And uh, although he, he he's not invited. Uh, you know, it's just it's just me. Um, conference of Cherry Family's part. Yeah, well, look, uh, the 2016 election already tore this one apart. Um, and, and speaking of which, here's the question for you. Which Democrat did he say is the only Democrat he could vote for for president? You'll probably get this. My brother said there's only one Democrat I would vote for for president. Oh, that uh, that your brother would vote for? That my brother would vote for for president. Uh, um. Could, uh, he voted for Trump twice. Uh, Bob Menendez. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Uh, Bernie Sanders, Willie Brown. Okay, I'm going to give you a clue. Second question. Uh, this week, Casey Hunt of CNN uh, asked someone, uh, would you vote for Joe Biden if the election were held today? This someone is a Democrat, and this Democrat responded, I haven't thought about that. Who was that person? These are one and the same person, Mickey. I've There's gathered that. Question, uh, two questions, one answer. Uh, God, you stumped me. Um, which which uh, Democratic uh, Okay, uh, this is getting a little too easy if you ask me, but which Democratic senator, senator might say, oh, I haven't thought about whether I'll vote for Joe Biden? It's either... Tester, Sherrod Brown, or uh, what's I mean, the other thing? It's a good thing you're, you're going into quasi-retirement, because, I mean, this should be on the tip of your tongue. It's the uh, it's the drugs from the eye operation. They've I'm in a semi-coma. Um, the tip of my tongue. Uh, some some progressives would say he doesn't deserve to be called a Democrat, this man. He's in the U.S. Senate. Uh, Joe Manchin. There you go, bingo. Um, okay. Now, and he also, like, uh, I didn't realize he was openly entertaining the idea of running as an independent. Which oh, yeah. I'm, yeah I, I like Manchin because he blocked the he blocked the refundable child tax credit unless it had a work requirement. And I do think the whole Build Back Better thing, which he scotched, was too much, too soon, too fast. Too badly drafted, but as as a friend of mine pointed out, he is a he is a sort of uh, transactional sort of annoying politician who's constantly playing Hamlet to you know get attention for himself, and it's not clear he has any kind of vision at all. He seemed to be getting a little too cute, if you ask me. But anyway, uh, but he drives you know. a Maserati, Bob. You know what can I mm -hmm. say? So. Uh, so that's that's all I have. Uh, I can't say I've been following politics as okay. closely as I usually do, which is not very close. Uh, well, they had a travels. debate. They they had a debate last night, which didn't even make the PBS news summary. They uh, beat Republicans except for Trump. Yes, uh, seven Republicans, not all the Republicans. Are Although, if you search, apparently, if you search, if you search Google for for Republican candidates. It serves up Will Hurd, which either means that Google is 
biasing its results in favor of Will Hurd, who is a nobody in this race, or else the Google search results are really shitty. I, uh -huh. I favor the latter interpretation. But anyway, the press was geared up to have Nikki Haley have a breakout moment and to surge to the top of the second tier. And even though she didn't, uh, they're declaring that anyway. DeSantis did very well. He had a, four or five really good answers. At one point, he did that thing which alpha males are supposed to do, which when they're when they ask a, when they're squabbling, he says, "Children, we shouldn't have this squabbling. Uh, we shouldn't have the these silly questions." Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and and turned it against the moderators, and he actually pulled that off. It's very rare you can pull that off. He pulled it off. Um, uh, so I think he and he did the best. Haley did quite well because she she does seem to sort of be a stable character, but she did she engaged in this ridiculous squabbling with Tim Scott, which is punching down, uh, and uh, and it, you know it, it 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 it's not that she seemed too Hillary esque, but she just she didn't seem as presidential as DeSantis. Anyway, I don't think she broke out, but that's not going to stop uh, pre written. Uh, press reports from saying she did. Uh, the rest of them didn't do that well. I thought Ramaswamy's uh, shtick got stale. He he seems like the you know you know when you run for student body president, there's always one candidate who says, "I'm better than all the can. I'm the best candidate because I pledged to adopt the platforms of all the other candidates." That was look me. at me. That was me. I won. <laughs> really. I did. I, um, I was. I was student body president uh, of my elementary school, but it was actually a slightly more clever campaign than you. Yeah. Well, um, the, you, you don't want to be that guy. Anyway, Ramaswamy was that guy, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, the. Um, I thought Bergam would do very well, and I think he did do very well because he's an unknown. He's a serious person, and the one point he, the one thing he emphasized. Which is that the, the whole EV issue has become completely politicized. The basic the Republicans are gravitating toward an anti-Biden EV push position. But what Quite about reasonably, I think, because it, it really is too much too soon. Uh, it's happening anyway. We might as well take it slow. What, what specific things are too much too soon? What specific policy? The Biden EV mandate that hopes that like I think it's half of EVs will be uh uh half of sales will be EVs in a fairly short period of time, mm -hmm. uh, like, like seven years or 10 years or something. I forget what the number is, but it's, 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 it's a really rapid proposed, uh, take up of EVs. And, and, you know, Wait, by 2037, each, each company has to sell half of its fleet has to be EVs or what? No, the whole total for the nation is going supposed to be half. Okay. So, so that's, that's counting Tesla. That's kind, so that's of just kind of aspirational, and then you implement the policies that you hope will realize that. It's, well, it's not aspiration, but it's it, there, there. There's subsidies and mandates that are sort of supposed yeah. to enforce this and push this. And uh, you know, is the it, it, uh, I just read a study where by 2037 EVs will take up all the green energy that that will exist, mm -hmm. nothing left over for anybody else. So obviously, everything else is going to be ungreen energy. So it's not really going to stop uh, climate change after that. Uh, and, um, you know, long before then, it will not necessarily be stopping climate change. And uh, it may be that hydrogen vehicles are better than EVs Ooh. because they generate their own power and they don't need electricity. Uh, they just need hydrogen. Uh, so why why force the issue? Why not let it develop? Uh, and uh, it's meanwhile, it's going to put 
a lot of American auto workers, especially in the big three, out of work. I, I refuse. I'm not sure that the big three can compete with their well, six thousand. Are we, aren't we focusing the sub sleds. subsidies on American-made EVs? We're not doing. I would think Biden. Would I do don't that. think so. I think they also apply to Chinese-made EVs. But I'm not I sure. Don't, JD I don't Vance, think it's quite indiscriminate. JD Vance just introduced a bill to ban them from Chinese-made EVs. So I assume that there are some subsidies for Chinese-made EVs. Um, so hmm. anyway, in, in, you know, Detroit is going, trying to sell you a, you know, 9,000 pound pickup truck with I mean, why is that the future? Why are we carrying around these giant heavy batteries? It seems at least an open question. This is a whole new Mickey. I don't know. I thought, I thought you were an e pro EV. I am pro EV. I, I want to buy an EV, but I'm, I'm not willing to say that for the next 20 years, that should be the big push. So does this uh, Republican sentiment vote ill for the Cybertruck somehow? Plus, there, plus there's a record of, you know, you subsidize something that just lets them raise the prices, make them compete to make them cheaper. Um, uh, I think, you know, Tesla's doing fine, and I think the Cybertruck will be okay. A lot of hostility to it on the web, but what the hell? Among what kind of people? Among, among, among I, I sort was of thinking it was going to be a hit among Trumpists, but maybe I'm wrong. I think it will be, but you know, Trumpists tend to be more traditional. It's not very traditional. The problem is auto styling has gone off a cliff. The problem with it is the styling. Auto styling has gone off a cliff, and everybody is sort you know, of ushering a new they, wave of style. They have all these little gigas because the shape is basically dictated by safety mandates. So all they can do is add little cartoonish gigas to identify their brand. Okay, the Cybertruck blows all that up and doesn't have but, the gigas because it's it's. It, it, so because it's looking, and I assume it meets the safety regulations because the, you know, it doesn't have an engine, so it uh, it doesn't uh, have a gas engine, so it can have the panels closer to the, the 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 European safety regulations is you have to have four inches of of uh, impact room before the pedestrian you hit hits anything hard like an engine. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's hard if you have a combustion engine right near the surface, but if you have a battery down low, you can make a really low car. So, Mickey, the first uh, Wall Street Journal headline on my smartphone about the Republican debate I saw was something like, uh, uh, Republicans in debate fail to steal thunder from Trump or something. I see the new headline uh, in the journalist, second GOP debate leaves anti-Trump Republicans scrambling for a strategy. So it's basically well, that, a collective fail on their part. Is this your view? No, I thought DeSantis did. I thought DeSantis did fine, no, and you know, no. Maggie, the, Maggie Haberman is doing pieces about how, you know, it's getting late, implying it's getting late for somebody to break out. Gary Hart didn't break out until like a week before New Hampshire. Uh -huh. uh, you know, there's there's plenty of time to break out. The, the problem is Trump is fairly strong, and remember last week I was, I was. Uh, trumpeting a New Hampshire poll that showed Biden surging ahead of Trump. Well, that was sort of wiped off the map by this massive uh, lead, a 10-point lead for Trump in the Washington Post-ABC poll, which freaked everybody out. I have a crazy theory about that, which is probably bullshit, but it's something to hear it. cling hear to. It. People are saying they want Trump over Biden as a way to, to they just basically want to push Biden out. They want to say, fuck you, Biden, get out of the race. And so they're saying they're for Trump in the hope that it will scare him out of the race. Uh, they're not really for Trump. And in the in the quiet of the voting booth on Election Day, 
they may turn against, they may vote for against the uh, Trumpist populist candidate. The way that it always happens, it seems to happen in European elections. We're always seeing in Germany, oh, this time the far right's going to win. No, they don't win. In Spain, oh, this time the far right's going to depose Sanchez. No, they don't. Uh, at the last minute, people turn against populism, and that might happen this time. Maybe I misunderstood, but traditionally they've said that uh, some voters are reluctant to tell pollsters they're voting for Trump. Are you saying the opposite is happening now? No. Yes. You're saying the it's speculation. It's a theory. Hmm. People, the, the job number one for the voters is getting Biden off the stage. They and don't want Trump, and the only thing that could stop him is Biden, and Biden's not up to the job. And so, so. they're doing what to get Biden off the stage? I'm confused. Telling telling pollsters that they're going to vote for Trump. So Biden and giving Biden incredibly low marks for favorability. He has 36 percent favorability among independents. That's really a horrible number. Usually strategic poll respondents. I would say that about this. No, they don't like Biden. But the strategic poll response is just saying they are going to vote for Trump. This is I'm making this up. It's speculation. Yeah, Yeah. I would call that a favorable description. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Bob. Yeah. Well, uh, so, and is it too late to shove Biden off stage? This is my favorite topic. I know people are sick of hearing it, but folks, the fate of the world is at stake. Is it too late to shove Biden off stage? No, and that, that, that's the, um, the uh, you know, they, everybody's focusing on the panic among Republican donors. That's an easy story to report. You call up four people and they say, we're panicked. We want Glenn Youngkin. That's the lead story on Drudge right now. Doesn't, doesn't seem to be a whole lot to it. Uh, but the Democrats, Democrats are panicking even more because, uh, you know, they're they're the ones going down to defeat. So, um, uh, you know, but they just the reporters don't call them up that much and say, hey, are you panicking? You know, yeah, there's there's the. There's a Newsom, there's a Newsom DeSantis race scheduled, DeSantis debate scheduled for October, I think. And obviously, Biden doesn't want this debate to happen because. If either man wins, he's hurt. If DeSantis wins, it gives DeSantis a boost. If Newsom wins, it says, hey, maybe we should nominate this guy instead of DeSantis. Plus, Newsom is tacky to the right. He's vetoing all sorts of ultra-liberal bills about gender identity and about immigration uh, to position himself for a national run. So uh, I think he's trying to sabotage the debate. He, 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 he gave a statement last night saying, oh, DeSantis, just, the fact that he would debate me shows how weak DeSantis is. You know, well, I mean, he he just looking for any excuse to squirm out of this debate. Okay. Um, you know, Biden. I mean, it's become so routine for him to kind of stumble that nobody noticed when he addressed the General Assembly of the UN. I don't have the exact quote, but he said uh, something like, "You know, if uh, the script said if Russia can violate fundamental principles of the United Nations." Without opposition, all of us are in peril. And he said, if Russia can violate fundamental principles of the United States instead of the United Nations, not a big deal. But he was his address to the annual meeting of the UNGA. And, you know, I don't know. Well, a that, Freudian. I think it's a little Freudian, personally. Uh, I don't know. DeSantis made a similar mistake last night. Nobody noticed. Okay. Said, uh, it, it, he said, uh, when, I, when I take office in 2023... He meant 2025, but what the hell? It's only a couple years. Yeah, that's not great for a guy his age to do better, though. Yeah, we should we should tell him to do better. 
Yeah. So, so what about your boy Massey? He's in trouble. Massey, Massey. Semaphore. Oh, uh, oh okay. The, so you're, now... you're a diplomat. And the semaphore reported that he's hired advisors who have sworn fealty to the Islamic State, which I assume means Iran. So it's a semaphore. Uh, the publication started by Ben Smith, whom you're a big fan of, um, ran some kind of expose, which I haven't had time to read. That's the deal about this conference. But the upshot seems to be that there are several people who are uh, posed as objective Iran analysts who are actually in the tank for Iran. And um, they all were that Rob Malley, they are what? Proteges or workers of his? Did he hire them when he was at? The, they were at the inter, the uh, what's it called? The International Crisis Group. What's it called? Um, yeah, they they had some they had some formal relationship with Malley. I, yeah, I forget what. Well, uh, let me just. Say I was hoping you clear this up for me. I, I I am willing to bet that this is bullshit, and uh, I forget whether I uh, said this. I meant to. I think I said the following in the parrot room some months ago when Ben Smith hired this guy as I think his chief uh, uh, foreign policy correspondent. Now, I don't know if he's ultimately behind this. I'm sorry about the lack of homework, folks. But uh, he is. Sol Solomon, ex of the Wall Solomon, Street Journal. Solomon, it's his thing, right? Okay. He wrote the story. He wrote the story. Okay, great. So uh, when, when Ben Smith... Uh, Hired Jay Solomon, I thought, wow, that's there's two things about that uh, that I don't like. Uh, one of them is that when Jay Solomon wrote about Iran uh, for the Wall Street Journal, he was, you know, clearly it just seemed like flat out neocon takes every time. But the weird thing about it is he was fired by the Journal for ethics violations for, you know, uh, when they discovered these communications he had with some rich Iran guy who was presumably anti-regime, willing to bet on that, but he was fired. He, he left the journal in disgrace. I mean, here's the headline. Wall Street Journal reporter is fired after dealings with source. Um, Jay Solomon had worked for the blah, blah, blah. So for, it's kind of odd that Ben Smith uh, would, would hire a guy with such a, a, a kind of uh, checker. I understand. Ben yeah. Smith took millions of dollars from Sam Bankman Freed. Why do we think that semaphore standards are so fucking high? Maybe I was They're naive. They're Maybe I was They're naive. Flailing. But I, I, I'm just saying, I do not trust, trust Jay Solomon as far as I can throw him. And I, I was saying that on the basis of his reporting at the Journal, even before I knew he was in this scandal where he was scheming with some, some Iranian to make money, and this guy was also his source, and it was just, just super, super well, that, shabby. The, the, the semaphore format is so convoluted that he... he they, they have a little section where they have Jay, they, he reports the story and then they say Jay Solomon's view and then they have the opposing view. And it does give the opposing view. The opposing view is, you know, these people are sort of neutral scholars. Of course, they have to like pledge fealty to the regime the same way professors have to sign DEI statements at universities, but it doesn't really mean they're pro-regime and they're sort of neutral yeah. scholars who are, they're scholars who are trying to make things better and why not talk to them? Let, you know, let me, that, I, I assume yeah, that that yeah. is the response. I did glance at the piece enough to see that there was a, they quoted from an email from a guy named Ali Weiss, B-A-E-Z, who did work for the International Crisis Group, if I've got that name right, which which Robert Malley ran 
uh, before he went into the uh, Biden administration. And uh, and it did seem he was writing to some Iranian government official and he was saying, you know, I am Iranian myself and I and and it didn't it didn't look great. But on the other hand, when you're trying to get information out of a source, um, you know, you can do things. Uh, maybe you should. Maybe you shouldn't. That don't reflect uh, your actual intentions. In any event, Ali Vice did a long Twitter thread on this, which I also didn't read. But if anybody is going to form a judgment on this, I say go to Twitter, uh, look at his feed, A L I B A E Z. Look at his side of the story. Well, I have talked to him in the past. I have followed his work for years. I have very high regard for him. He does not look like some kind of Iran regime dupe. He, he's he's extremely smart, very astute analysis, and by no means uh, were all of his past analyses that I'm aware of favorable is, to the Iranian regime. Is 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 Mali Iranian? No, well, I don't think so. I mean, Mali. I thought is, you, you uh, said he said in this email that he was Iranian. Now he said that somebody else was Iranian. Hmm. hmm. Well, I, I thought you said, I thought you said Mali a, was sucking up to these guys by saying he was of Iranian descent. Well, they had Ali Vice. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had a quote uh, from Ali Vice seeming to do that. But uh, um, anyway, look at his Twitter thread uh, if you want to see. Both isn't it time Twitter. for Mally to? Isn't it time for Mally to defend himself? He's hanging out is, there, twisting slowly in the wind. Uh, I don't well, know what the deal well, is. I mean, yeah, people. There had been some weird. I guess this is the reason that he had had this kind of Twilight Zone status, right? He was. It wasn't clear. Was he working for the administration? He'd been suspended for something. I don't know. Uh, but I, yeah. I think I do not trust. Uh, as I've said, I, I, I would check out the, yeah. the Alley Vice uh, thread. My line is: Twitter has replaced its name with X, and Semaphore is replacing its name with Y, as in W H Y. Why does it exist? Ooh. We don't know. Uh, they have some good people. Dave Weigel's good, but uh, and I like Steve Clemens, but. Uh, I think they're going down. What can I say? And I will not gloat. No gloating here. No no, desperate gas. No, sorry. No, no. They have a few desperate guests. No. Um. But um. But uh, sorry, I didn't do more homework on that. But I'm betting. I'm betting that if you read this Ali Vice thread, it will be persuasive. You you missed Tony Blinken playing Coochie Coochie Man at the White House last night, Bob, while you were at your glamorous conference on guitar. Yes, at Were a state there? dinner or something. No, it was on the web. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, the uh, so uh, when are you going to tell us what this conference is about? I'm obviously not jealous or panning it. You know, panning for an answer. I could take it. No, it's 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 like you 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 do not have nearly the classification level to. Uh, See these documents, Mickey. It's just like one of those. This can't be one of those Jewish conferences where, like, they they invite the elite Jews and try to get them to breed with each other. This this this, this no. has to be a non-Jewish version of that. You nailed it, man. I I I, I claimed I was Jewish so I could get the free sex. That is. Does exactly your wife what know? Does about. your wife know about this conference? She she doesn't know. I claimed I was Jewish, and she doesn't know I'm having sex later today. No. Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, well, luckily she doesn't watch this. So um, there, um, I have a crazy theory about Senator Menendez. The, the weird uh, thing about Senator Menendez is, he still is all in the Senate. Uh, he has not succumbed yeah. to the pleas from his colleagues. He's, he's learning the Al Frank. He's learning the Al Franken lesson, which is 
Don't quit Don't too quit. soon. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, he's beaten the rap before. He might beat the rap again. And he might win the race, even if he doesn't beat the rap, because they'll split the field against him. Uh, but my, but Biden, I don't think it's condemned him. And I think Biden does not has to treat him very, very warily. Because remember, he has been on the outs with various Democratic administrations before because of his position against the Iran deal. And because they know he's a crook. And, uh, and, uh, and also against liberalizing relations with Cuba. And uh, so he could just turn on Biden. If Biden says you should leave the Senate, you know, Menendez says, well, what's my grift compared with your grift? And he could be a Democrat exposing, you know, opening up the whole Hunter Biden. You know, you're, you, you know, you're, you, you took millions from through your son, Hunter Biden. Even if it's not true, it would be very damaging to Biden. So Actually, Biden cannot a, really afford to piss him off. It's a kind of interesting possibility. I mean, I, I think you tend to let your suspicions of this kind run a little wild, but I guess it's not impossible. I mean, do you think Menendez would actually threaten him with disclosing something? Do you just think Biden is thinking, well, suppose yeah. he starts going on and on about this? Yeah. Either one. I mean, it wouldn't be beneath, very few things are beneath Menendez. Well, I will say so this, you know, I, I think last week I vaguely alluded to the fact that uh, Menendez had been partly responsible for the lack of progress toward an Iran deal early in the administration. The, the, Actual tactic I heard he used wasn't as as base as the one you're describing, but he did apparently uh, threaten to hold up appointments. Uh, like yeah. he wasn't going to let them fill the State Department uh, unless they saw things his way. Right. On, right. The um the the other the development in the Hunter Biden scandal is uh, they discovered two hundred fifty thousand dollars wired from this outfit in China that Biden was on the board of Hunter Biden was on the board of. Uh, to Hunter Biden at Joe Biden's address. And Hunter Biden had been staying at Joe Biden's address and had used Joe Biden's address in Delaware sort of as his permanent address, but he wasn't there at the time. So people are saying, well, it's really a bribe to Joe Biden. I don't think they've proved that. But given that he and Hunter have a joint bank account, I would like to see where those funds went and the Republicans are entitled to find out. Wait, if the money was wired, it was wired to the bank, right? Not not literally wired to any given home address. I guess that's right. So we want to know the, but it, it gave Biden's address as the address. I don't know okay. if that means anything. But to me, that uh, would mean that that had become his address of record and it's what the bank used. That's what, I, that's his excuse. And it's a very plausible excuse. It's entirely possible that that's right. But, you you know, we want to know what happened. He also had a joint account with Joe Biden. Did it go into the joint account? Did it go into a separate account? What happened to it? Did any money go out of that account? I mean, you want the bank records at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, you know, Republic- Republicans have started an investigation and they have this guy, Comer, who doesn't seem to know how to say, well, we're just investigating. We want to find out. He always hypes every every partial revelation like this to the skies. Uh, and that's backfiring on him. Mm-hmm. If he if he was like more well, we're just trying to find out the facts. That would be more effective and, and less damaging to the Republicans. Yeah. But uh, uh, there's another little chink of evidence. And I was in a dinner time conversation last night about what a train wreck this election is destined to be, and and I, in articulating the argument, I depressed myself. Uh, who are the who are the other elites at this at this in this dinner conversation? Oh man, it's unbelievable. 
I mean, these people are so important. These people are so powerful, Mickey, that I am not the most powerful person here. Is the Pope there? I can't name names. I'm just (laughs) saying, I'm just saying we're dealing with people, some of whom rival me in influence and power. Well, okay. And and there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. Megan Dam already rivals you in influence and power. That's what I'm saying. She has four podcasts. You only have two. Yeah, she does have a new one. She told me about her new one. She's got two. She has two? I thought she had more than that. I've got technically one. They're they're all under the non-zero podcast brand. She has two different names. Is Barry Weiss there? Uh, No, not Barry. She's not important enough. Well, how will it? It can't be very elite then. I'm sorry. Well, There's obviously a second conference that's more elite going on that you don't know about. Ooh, got me feeling it's, a little insecure there, Mickey. Yeah. So there are two uh there, there are two mysteries uh about sort of surrounding this election. The first mystery is uh, why, why, given all the allegedly favorable statistics about the economy, voters are so grumpy about the economy, about Biden's economy, and about Biden in general. Uh, and the second mystery is sort of a larger mystery, which is why are voters so grumpy about the future of the country, the direction it's moving, uh, the general future of their lives. I claim these two mysteries are really the same uh, in large part. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was a question last night in the debate about from Dana Perino, a good question saying, "Isn't AI going to take a lot of these jobs? What are you going to? What jobs are you going to retrain the people who are who are you know unemployed by AI?" What and nobody answered that. Chrissy gave a rote answer about Americans have always been for progress, so we can't stand in the way of progress and progress, 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 and everybody else shut up. So nobody addressed that issue, but the voters mm-hmm. understand that it's a big issue, but. Uh, my friend John Ellis has proposed a simpler explanation, which just answers the Biden part, short term part of the question, which is they're mysterious because they've run out of money. <laughs> if you look, you know, the, the, the yes, the you know wages are up. But if you look at the income statistics, they haven't reached the pandemic pre pandemic level yet. The median income uh, and uh, and, you know, the voters are in debt to the hilt and. Inflation is eating away, and they're waiting for their raises, but the raises aren't coming, and uh, and uh, and they've run out of money, and they're pissed off, and they're desperate. So that that does seem like a good enough explanation. Uh, the uh, the the all the good economic statistics uh, overlook the total income statistics, which are not have not caught up to all the other statistics. So I think we've answered that mystery. Yeah. Um... The, uh, I was talking to one of the elites here, uh, who is. Uh, I mean, this is okay. They've run, they run out of money too. I should make this uh, transition. No, I. I uh, a, it's a two-step transition. Um, I mean, in terms of other issues that that Biden has to worry about, I think the growing sense in some places of uh, you know disorder, lawlessness, homeless people. Shoplifters going, you know, uh, shoplifting with impunity, walking out the store and, and just waving goodbye to the store manager and so, so on. Um, talking to this guy in San Francisco politics who, I guess, the, I don't know when this happened and I'm vaguely aware of it, but they they have this policy I'm, I'm sure you'll approve of. He says it's like a real big turnaround for San Francisco where um, 
they say to homeless people, if you want any city benefits, uh, you um, you have to take a drug test. If you fail the drug test, you have to go on treatment. If you either refuse the drug te- to take the drug test or refuse to go on treatment, you we cut off your benefits. Did you know about that? Is that? I didn't know about that. That does like, seem a big deal. It it doesn't or does? Does. Yeah, no, but he's like he's like the city attorney of uh, San Francisco or something like that, and he's he said it's, it's a watershed if you if you know San Francisco politics. Um, uh, there hasn't been any coverage of that that I've seen, so I I wonder if it's actually taken effect yet. Yeah, and I was talking uh, to my brother who's retired. He's like in his seventies, and he got a job just to fill the time um, uh, after a few years of retirement uh, at a store. At a hardware store, because he's a hardware guy, and and uh, and that day they had had a uh, they had had a, a a guy shoplifting who um, wa- was walking out of the store was with carrying something, and the store manager said, uh, "Can I can I have that back?" And the guy just said, "No," and walked out. And apparently, this manager, assistant manager, or something, had not that long ago gotten in an actual fist fight with a guy over shoplifting, decided not to do it. But I was surprised to hear that it's the same thing they say about New York City. This is like a small town, fairly small town, Colorado. And he said, oh, the police won't do anything. And that's, you know, uh, they're, they're not going to chase the guy. You could have his ID. They're not going to they're not going to track him down. Um, and if you if you if you detain him yourself, uh, the police will give him a talking to in the police car, maybe give him some kind of ticket or something. So anyway, I said, you know, there's going to be a backlash against this. And then I I brought that up to this uh, this guy from San Francisco, and he said, "Yeah, it's underway," and told me about this thing. So, San Diego's had some kind of backlash, and they claim to have solved their homeless problem. Uh, which by that they mean they've all the homeless have moved beyond the city borders to uh-huh. outlying communities. But it's a start. Uh-huh. Uh, with a similar thing, I think you you have to you have to take this city home city apartment that we've given we've reserved for you, but you'll have to take a drug test to do it. And they say, yeah, we're moving to the neighboring suburbs. So, um, yeah, uh, that seems to work. Um, uh, in Philadelphia, they actually, uh, there was a, there, 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 there've been these flash mobs looting stores and the police actually busted one of them and arrested people. Mm. It was shocking. Uh, I don't know how much effect that will have, but it was a step in the right direction. I got to think you can start seeing that. Um, so, Ukraine, Mickey, quickly. Okay. Uh, well, as far as on the ground, you know, in the place that's uh, kind of the main place in the sense of the original vision of the offensive, the, the, the place where conceivably further progress could lead to cutting off the Crimean land bridge, which was the stated goal. Um, not that much progress. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the battle for this village of Verbova is now well underway. Tiny village. I mean, that's what I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks. That's the next thing on the map. I guess the Ukrainians sent a lot of armor and stuff down there. And uh, according to pro-Russian Twitter, and they had pictures, um, a lot of it got destroyed in the way, uh, like 21 armored vehicles or something along one road. Uh, again, I'm kind of under-informed this week. I can't totally vouch for that. But in any event, it looks like it's about to get for real there, and uh, you know it's going to be another another battle for a village that winds up destroying the village. The uh, yeah, 
We're sending like a bunch more Abrams tanks over there. Yeah, I don't know if that I mean, makes. You know, obviously, there won't be a time for this battle. More tanks is better for them, but as far as the quality of the tanks, I think that doesn't really matter because it's like, you know, if Abr- Abrams tanks are presumably good at tank battles, but that's not that's not what you need to be good at. You need to be good at somehow magically evading drones to be a successful tank in the Ukraine war. There was a, uh, and the, they're just as vulnerable as as uh, any other tanks. There was a piece, I think, in the Wall Street Journal today. You know, I had speculated a week or two about how the drones are, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I'm not the first, uh, making it harder on offense, uh, on offenses generally in the Ukraine war. Because, you know, this is, uh, this is the first time, I mean, this is, and it's taken a while for the war to get to this point where it is so fundamentally a drone war. This Wall Street Journal said at any given time, at any given time, there are thousands of drones in the air in Ukraine. And the piece, what the piece was about was that they seem to have made offense harder. And uh, so, is, so, yeah. This is, a, this is a fundamental shift in war equivalent to the Nazis realizing that tanks can move really fast and get around the Maginot Line, which the French hadn't realized. Uh, so this is tanks can move fast, but the drones can move faster. Not fast enough. So now there could be countermeasures. I mean, I assume somebody's working. You know, it's not like you'd have to have a super sophisticated type of anti-aircraft gun on your mounted on your armor because not a lot of these drones aren't that fast. They're not that big. You know, but um, for the time being, uh, drones rule, and uh, it, it's hard to make much progress. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. You're welcome. They, they're having, they, there was a, a moment in the debate last night uh, where Tim, they, somebody was attacking the aid for Ukraine, and Tim Scott drew $90 billion or $70 billion, and Tim Scott said, what we don't realize is those are only loans. They're loans. Mm. <laughs> like, as if they're going to be paid yeah. back. It was like insane. Stu- like student loans? Yeah, one of the reasons why Tim Scott did not do well in the debate last night. By the way, the uh, things and- I learned talking to my Trump uh, supporting relatives, the latest one is, yes, those student loans are a big issue in Trump land. The, the forgiveness of student loans, just like huh. su- subsidy to rich people. They don't. Rich liberals, as they see. Well, he has he has another loan program that he's unveiling, uh, Biden, which will have the same effect. Uh, another forgiveness program, or what? Uh, I think it's an actual government subsidy program. Mm-hmm. I think he may actually be trying to pass it through Congress, or have proposed it. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it, it it raises the cost of college for everybody, and including the poor. And then it's subsidized to them for everybody, including the rich. So it's not mm-hmm. not necessarily a political winner, although I I still sort of think it's a political winner. Because not everybody's as astute as your brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh the uh the other thing is they're having trouble getting the aid through Congress. The latest back of your aid. Is it genuine trouble or it seems to be genuine trouble. I, I, I assume they'll overcome it, but it does seem to be genuine trouble. Uh, Tom Tillis was complaining about how hard it is. And, you know, they have these, this, 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 these, uh, it's got a clear minority, even among Republicans who oppose the aid of Ukraine. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, we have there are like ten people who are stopping the whole budget. So if there are ninety people in Congress who are in the Republican caucus who oppose aid to Ukraine, that's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think I would oppose Ukraine. You would you oppose passing this bill? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 that's a good question. Um, I, I would certainly want. I mean, what I would want is, of course, as I said, for Biden to uh, use the prospect of further aid as leverage to push Ukraine toward peace talks. Um, that's that's yeah. my preferred policy. But, but yeah, Tony Blinken will play Hushi Kushi Man nonstop and force you to listen to it until you come to the peace table. That's a powerful incentive, Mickey. Um, uh, and and you know, Mitch McConnell said at this point, uh. Ukraine funding is the number one priority for Americans. That's pretty thin ear, you know. Mitch McConnell said that. Yeah, you wonder how you wonder how long Mitch McConnell is for the job. Have you gotten a diagnosis about his brain yet? What's going on with him? What are the no, what are the I think, informed no. conjectures? I have the faintest idea. Because he's 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 frozen up twice now on camera. Right. 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 That's one more time than I've frozen up. So, me by freeze up. Uh, um, so trying to think of the, we have anything the, else. I'm trying to think of anything important. Uh, let's see. Uh, the persecution of Elon Musk. There are like five different investigations the Biden administration has opened up against him. Really? Maybe six. Seems a little much. Yeah, you know, he killed his 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 rocket crash, and it it charged some quail eggs in Texas. You know, so well that's they unbelievable. They, they sent they, a team they, out. They were to, endangered eggs. I think or they were it, endangered eggs. As it ha- as it turned out, yes, quite endangered. Um, uh, well, they've discovered they've they've measured antimatter falling. Apparently, that's a big deal. I heard that on the BBC it, this morning. I didn't it, make heads or tails of it. And it can't get up. Well, there's apparently the theory of relativity says it will fall, and there's some other theories that said it's antimatter. Of course, it's not going to fall. It's going to do the opposite of what you think. It's going to rise. Well, apparently that that theory has been put to rest. Ah. Uh, so uh, I I I I I sleep better at night knowing that. Um, man, you're up on you're really you're working twenty four seven. No one my, you um, take a break, man. And. Uh, there, 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 nobody understands why this F-35 that crashed, you know, in a potentially populated area crashed. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pilot was not an inexperienced pilot. He was a very experienced pilot. Knew what he was doing. Decided he had to bail out due to aircraft failure. Well, this plane cost like what? $80 million, $100 million, $100 something like that. Or something. And know. yeah, and, and we're giving it to all, we're selling it to countries all over the world. What went wrong? We want to know. Uh, one of our commenters, and this is yeah. the final one. Okay. Uh, uh, he said, I'm ignoring with the border surge, which is continuing and accelerating and, you know, getting worse and worse. And it's becoming clearer and clearer that fighting inflation is the reason Biden is keeping it, keeping it in place. He claims that Biden, because of the filer faster thesis, Biden can, uh, 
do 180 on its border policies, you know, uh, next year in June, and mm -hmm. everybody will have forgotten how bad it was by the election. Uh, I think that's pushing the final FASTA thesis to its limits. But, uh, but, but there know, is something to it. There is something to that. You know, I encountered a guy at this conference of super elites who uh, shares, uh, he's very Mickey-esque when he talks about immigration. And uh, he says he's, um, you know, he's a Silicon Valley guy. And he says over the past few years, he's noticed he encounters much less resistance. Uh, you know, like a few years ago, he would get shouted out of the room if he started talking about the need to control the border. And it sounds to me like maybe there's growing awareness that whether or not you're concerned about the problem per se, the Democrats need to have some kind of answer or something. Maybe that's what's behind it. Is, is this your experience that you're slowly becoming socially acceptable again? Um, no, that'll never happen. But uh, no, that, it does, that's going too far. But you know what I mean. But it does. It does. It. I, I have noticed in Silicon Valley tweets they've become more amenable to border control. Really. Uh, they've. They, well, they, they. You know, they really just want the H one Bs from India. They. They don't. Um, uh, they don't really need millions of low wage workers. They don't need they're the just programmers. Yeah. So. Um. So th they're willing to. Th they're willing to preserve what they want. You know, Elon Musk is tweeting about the border now. He's done two or three tweets about how it's out of control. Why isn't the mainstream media paying attention? So, you know, I he's not not 100 percent reflective of Silicon Valley, but I think there was a time when he would be gung ho for immigration. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, like that picture of him when he took over Twitter. And, you know, these are the Aaron hardcore. The oh. These are the hardcore employees who are still with us for this, you know. Oh, yeah. Hardcore, and they were all Indians. <laughs> they were all, oh. <laughs> you know, they they'd replaced a bunch of like willowy haired wasp girls who we'd, who we'd fired. Right? They, all, <laughs> so they, they all left. I I think I'm not sure it was voluntary, but um, anyway, um, uh, so that could be true. So you, this must be a Reed Hoffman uh, conference. Oh, I'm not sure. I'd put it that way. Let's just say all the super elites are here. You, you you hesitated a long time before you answered that, so I think I'm getting close Either to the mark. That way you will. My subterfuge is a is a thing of you know great magic and power. I mean, I'm uh, I'm well, a master I, of, I mean, of leading I'm, people off the off the scent. I'm a confident enough person that I'm not going to madly email people like Megan down to demand where they are just because no, I feel insecure at not being invited to that. this conference. I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. She said um, she nominated you, but you were uh, unanimously rejected by the committee that makes the decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, actually, what she's she one said of the. Was, are you kidding? I'd never nominate him. That's actually what. Yeah. She's one of the great talkers, Bob. As you know, she was on our show. I know she's going to be on my podcast. You know, she agreed. Like you thought, I wouldn't be able to fill the void, didn't you, Mickey? God, Wrong. Well, that's a that's a that's a step up. In so many uh, respects, you might say. So, um, good for you. It hurts to say uh, that, doesn't it? Anyway, um, I've learned that you can't full time, Bob. <laughs> I wish people could see those glasses. Uh, um, special. 
Um, so your eyes are better, though? Oh. I think so. They got a ways to go. We got a swollen cornea, but it's it's but this was it's getting better. Cataracts? Yeah. Good. Yeah. They're gone. Cataracts be gone. Well, the cataracts are gone. Folks, I'm sorry that I was underinformed this week and that there is no parrot room, but next week there will be. Uh, and so all Patreon patrons uh, can watch can watch the final parrot room. And we're doing a free it, one next week too. Well, the parrot room's free next week because we're pausing payments for October. The reason being, well, we had said we had said the last thing is September. Well, it's it's oh, free yeah, for we're also doing a public it's, one. I think we should do a public yeah. one next week. Yeah, the yeah, full okay. Monty. I mean, we should do the whole thing for old times' sake. Then get maudlin and misty eyed in the parrot room. You know, keep keep a stiff upper lip in the podcast thing, and then just break down crying in the parrot room. But folks, Speak you're not going to see that part for free. Uh, if, but Speak for yourself. Get, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It may be that when we pause the payments, that means new people can't join the parrot room. And you know what that means, Mickey. It means people who want to see next week's parrot room need to sign up Toronto now, today. What, they're going to pay $5 just for one episode? Correct. Okay. <laughs> uh, good luck with that. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, Good luck at your lead conference. Yeah, I, I hope think you... we're doing a good job of running the world. Everything seems to be in good working order. And uh, I do hope you have you... any complaints about the world? I think we're doing. No, I, think... I hope you breed. I hope you breed and create the master race and huh? deposit them in a cavern somewhere in Iron Mountain, uh, so they'll survive a nuclear war and be able to restore humanity. That's the plan. Uh, um, so listen, I got to get back to breeding, Mickey. I just heard a knock on the door. I think that's my next breeding appointment. Okay, so, life is uh, tough. It's look, we we all got to sacrifice if we want this planet to have a long, happy life, and I'm doing what I can. No wonder you're so tired. Okay, <laughs> uh, I will see you next week. Okay, see ya. <laughs>